What makes Shatterproof a very unique program is it's one of the only programs in the country that first responders can go to that is 100% all first responders. Everybody's in pretty bad shape when they get here. And then 30 days later, when you can see the transformation and the difference in people when they've had 30 days uh, of counseling, working with therapists, working with a psychiatrist, getting the neuro treatment, doing the breath therapy that's done here. The transformation that happens with the clients is really humbling to be able to work around and see because people are getting better here. And it just shows that there's a need for the first responder community to deal with behavioral health issues and take them seriously and offer treatment to people that may need help out there. They should be afforded the ability to come get help when they need help. It has gotten better, but we still have a long way to go. So excited to have my friend Scott Medlin back on the show. He is a speaker, author, police, and Marine Corps veteran. And we are going to talk about how you, as a first responder, can thrive in these difficult times. You do not want to miss this episode. Scott Medlin, next on the CJ Evolution Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the CJ Evolution Podcast, a top show, top show because of you, the listener and supporter. If you would share this show and others with your family and friends, we sure would appreciate it. And give us that five-star rating and review. Thank you so much. A big shout out to you, the listener and supporter. Thank you for what you do for this great country, your communities. And remember this, you were honored, cherished, and above all, you are loved. Keep up the great work and please be safe. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Very excited to have my next guest on the show. This guy is amazing. He's wonderful. He's doing so much for law enforcement communities out there and first responders communities out there. He's been on my show before and now he is back. Scott Medlin. He's a retired law enforcement professional, Marine Corps vet, author, and speaker. He's going to give you some advice on how to save yourself because we're all struggling out there with something. And Scott is doing it. He's out on the front lines helping so many. Welcome, Scott. Thanks for coming back, brother. Oh, I appreciate it, Patrick. Wow. That was a out in Florida. My second, my second favorite place is Florida. I travel there a lot. <laughs> like like uh, you're there right now, brother. You are you are very welcome, man. You're amazing. I follow you on social media. If you don't follow Scott Medlin, you should. His uh, the links are going to be in the show notes. And again, doing amazing work for our first responders. Scott, for those of people out there who don't know your story, don't know your background, I gave some highlights right there. Can you can you tell us or tell the listener? who you are. I know who you are, but for the yeah. people out there listening, <laughs> who is Scott Medlin, brother? Yeah, well, it all started back in July of 1983. No, I won't go that far back. Anyway, I, uh, <laughs> no, I, back in second I, I, grade, I was, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I got out of high school, early two thousands and I went into the Marine Corps and, and I just en enlisted. I mean, I, my senior week was bam, um, spent yeah. at Paris Island, South Carolina, the land that God forgot. Uh -huh. And my, my whole intention and plan was to go reserve route and then go to college and then become a commissioned officer. Well, after two deployments being activated twice for operation Iraqi freedom, which I can't believe was 20 years ago. Uh, I, I, uh, 
after the second deployment, I met my, I was after the second deployment, I met my girlfriend who's now my wife and they were already talking about sending us back a third time. And she said, I don't think I could handle that. I said, yeah, yeah you're, you're a lot more worth it than that. So I got out <laughs> anyway, got out of the Marines, but that was my first encounter with symptoms of post-traumatic stress. Yeah seriously and i had to get counseling for that and then i graduated college and went into law enforcement and i was sworn from uh, 2007 to 2022 yeah so as as of the recording of this episode i've almost been a year without having to wear the uniform but yeah i miss it i do miss it uh, but i am working with law enforcement as much as i can as well as other first responders and veterans yeah uh, on in the in the avenue of not so much i'm not a mental health expert but what i am is an expert on the fact that uh, we have to do a lot better, and I have figured out that we really need to change our way of thinking in the sense of let's stop surviving. Yeah. And the good thing is there's so many ways that we can change our mindset. I'm not talking about just positive thinking all the time to really help ourselves start thriving, even in a challenging climate. And that's yeah. where the key is. I, I really believe when you start thriving, it doesn't matter what you come across, whether it's depression, PTSD the anxiety, whatever uh, you can, you can rise above and, and, and you're going to have to. And the good thing is we're, we're there, there's resources out there. Yeah. And absolutely, man. I, I, and first of all, thank you for your service. Yeah. And Scott, uh, I appreciate it uh, both in the military and law enforcement. And I agree with you hundred percent. I mean, I think so many of us, not just first responders, but just a lot of people out there, you and I focus on the first responder communities that are just, they're just surviving, man. I mean, it's just yeah. day to day, you know, they're not thriving. And I agree with you hundred percent. I mean, so everything starts in the mind, I believe brother. And, and there are so many resources. You and I were talking about it before we started. There's so many resources out there. You got to vet those resources. You and I know that you got to make sure mm -hmm. that they're good resources for you. But yeah, I mean, now more than ever, we have so much information, so many resources at our fingertips. Why do you think, I mean, you talk to a ton of people. Why do you think it's so difficult with all the information out there, all, all the social, I mean, you know, again, vet your programs out there. Why do you think it's so hard that for, you know, veterans and, and law enforcement personnel and, and first responders to come forward? We still have that problem. We still have that stigma. Yeah, Sorry, we, I was long-winded. No. <laughs> Patrick, we get in our own way. Yeah. Yeah, it's you're the, right. It's the, it's the fear of the unknown. It's the fear of taking that next step. Even if what you're going through is bad for you, the mind likes what's familiar. And I'm yeah. not talking to you as some genius. I'm talking to you from what I had to learn by going through the hard times and almost losing my marriage. Yeah. If if I didn't change my way of thinking, then, then life would have not gotten any better. And we just get in our own way. Fear can be a horrible thing. Uh, but 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 one of the best acronyms I heard about fear was... It's false evidence appearing real. Yeah, I <laughs> love that. Thing, most of the, I heard Zig Ziglar say that, but yeah, most, yeah. Of the, most of the things that hold us back are one ourselves, but just, it, it's just, we don't know if we're going to be ready for what's to come. There, there's yeah. actually people who are fearful of success. Yeah. You <laughs> so know, I, I hear you. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I hear you. And, and, and here's the one thing I learned, you know, brother, is just, what I learned personally is most of the shit we are afraid of or we worry about or we're anxious about, however you want to put it. And my, in my experience, what's happened to me is one, I'm making it bigger in my mind than it usually is. And then second, if it does come true or it does come to fruition, it's not, 
it's a big deal, but it's not as big as I've developed it in my mind. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? So fear, while it's crippling, it can be empowering too. And there's a point where, and you know, so many first responders out there suffering, there's, there's a point where it's either, come on, man. Yeah, it's either shit or get off the pot. I mean, come on, you, you have to do something. And that's what we, you and I both try to do is empower people to make those changes. I mean, I was at rock bottom. So for the listener out there, you know, and, and Scott, you know, went through his challenges. We, we understand it. We, we've been there, but sooner or later, you either going to stay there that hamster wheel, or you got to reach out and change yourself because nobody's coming to save you, man. Right. A hundred percent. Nobody's coming. Uh, and I yeah. don't mean that in a so, trying to sound like an ass. That's the reality. You have to save yourself. Yeah. 100%. The, the only way that change will actually happen. You can ask people all day to help. The only way change is coming is through self-action and raising your standards. We can, you can't settle. And the last time I spoke in front of hundreds of officers, I told them that I said, we can't, we can't settle in law enforcement anymore. Forget that. Take action. And it's just something as simple as just going on a walk. Yeah. When you're feeling frustrated, just just move your body, change your state, get some energy flowing. It, it's that simple. And then if you just increment different things each and every day that help you eventually, I mean, I, one of the best quotes I ever heard, and this actually changed my life back in 2018, was if you make a promise to get 1% better each and every day, a year from that time you made that promise, you'll be 365% Compounding. Better compound exactly exactly so i understand it seems overwhelming i do i get it i was there mm-hmm. but once i heard that i said wait a minute one percent i can do that so yeah change your state keep moving yeah and, keep uh, keep moving forward you yeah, know i always think of and yeah and oh, take action 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 you yeah. just can't wish for things to get no. better you just can't hope for things to get better you hope, have to act hope is not a strategy without action <laughs> And yeah, I always equate it to, I love football. So I was equated to a football, you know, okay. The ball snaps, you get the ball. Maybe you lose some yards. Okay. And maybe you lose some yards. Okay. Next snap comes maybe you gain a few yards and it's that back and forth, but sooner you're, you're keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, yeah. and that first down is a, ah, okay. I made it this far. Let's keep going. Right. The only thing is, is that it, there's no end zone. You have to keep going. You have to keep going. You have to keep going. You know what I yeah. mean? It's constant improvement. And I yeah, think and it's, we and live it's in a totally society where, too. yeah, it's totally worth it. And we live in a society where I think we want shit done like immediately. Okay. I'm struggling. I want things done. No, it doesn't work like that, man. Mm-mm. It doesn't yeah. work like that. I mean, ask any alcoholic or somebody who struggles with substance. It's a constant battle. It is, but that, but you know, people do it every day rather. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that was really dynamic for me, and I, I did this, I had to do this through treatment, but also wrote about it in my books because I researched it more. There really is a dynamic factor in the way we think oh, yeah. because our thoughts create emotions, which create our actions, which create our results. And the thing is, if you wake up being a hostage of your past or even someone who's living rent free in your head, say, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Some officers are so uh, they don't feel supported by their administration and their administration lives in their head rent free. Yeah, I I know I I took it there, but, uh, but whatever it is, what everyone's different, but whatever it is, 
How about you start waking up and visualizing the future you want to create rather than constantly <laughs> reacting it. to what's ever happening on the outside. And therefore, different thoughts create different emotions, which create different actions, which create different results. I know it sounds cheesy. I know it sounds no. stupid. But, it, but to some, it's like, what are you talking about? Look, would you rather just keep on doing what you're doing and still be miserable? Would you rather just change? And That's the definition of insanity, right? Rather yeah, doing the same yeah, exactly. thing over. Exactly. Over again. Expecting start a different visualizing, result. start visualizing and feeling how you want to be and where you want to go. And you'll be amazed how your brain starts to change to uh, get there. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I was, I was, I was reading uh, about Nikola Tesla last week and Nikola Tesla, one of the smartest guys that ever lived on the face of the earth said, if you want to know the secrets of the universe, and I have a point with this, Scott, do you want to know the secrets of the universe? Think in terms of energy vibration and frequency. So getting back to your point about visualization and manifestation, because I think both go hand in hand. Think about it this way. When you were going through a promotion, Scott, or you wanted a job in law enforcement or anybody out there that has achieved anything, what happened first? You had to visualize it, right? You look at you talk to you look at any Olympian on the podium and they, they what do they say all the time? Tiger Woods when he wins a tournament or whoever. I visualized being here. Absolutely. I visualized being at this point in my life. I agree with you. Might sound cheesy to people, but it works. Yes. Your brain is going to subconsciously start moving in that direction. Now, conversely, if you think life is shit and it's never going to get better, guess what? Your brain's going to stay that. there. Yeah. So I am a huge uh, believer in visualization, manifestation. And here's the thing. It's not going to happen overnight no. unless you win the lottery, which, you know, the odds aren't in your favor, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, you know, I mean, I'm a huge believer in that because it works, folks. It works. It but I, I do believe the statistics are out there that a lot of people who win the lottery actually end up going broke and still end up being the same person they were before. And they're miserable. Well, and uh, yeah. yeah. And well, you know, money is a tool here. You know, again, we all need money. I'm not saying money's bad. Right. But you're right. Because it, they won the lottery. They now they have millions or hundreds of millions of dollars. They haven't changed the way they think. And they're out there buying stupid shit like buildings and yachts and airplanes and all kinds of other stuff. And yeah, they lose it, you mm -hmm. know, and it's, it hasn't changed that mindset, right? They haven't changed that mindset. So I love it. You know, I love talking about, and I'm not an expert, but I love talking about visualization manifestation because it works. And the same goes with your mental health, in my opinion. You know, when I was in treatment, Scott, down at Shatterproof, FHE, we were talking about it before we started, about halfway through my treatment, I was feeling good, man. I was, I was on the top of the world. I was getting some of the best treatment out there. I was among my peers. And I started thinking, you know what? I'm retired. Yeah, I got some teaching stuff that I do. But I want to work here. And I started to visual. I didn't know if I would, you know, it, it, I was going to be able to work here. But I started visualizing. Yeah, being on campus, talking to first responders, helping him every way I can, any way I can. And you know what? I started moving in that direction with my thoughts, my actions, my intention. And bam, sooner or later, I was like, holy shit, I'm, I'm working. It, it came, it came true. Yeah. And that's just one example. I'm sure you got many personal examples too of achievements that all started with a thought in your mind. 
you know, an intention, a visualization, and you work to go there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And like Conor McGregor said, love them or hate them. If you have the courage enough to, oh, well, if, if you can see in your head and you have the courage enough to speak it, it can happen. Oh, absolutely. And it, don't get me wrong. It'll take work. And just like you said, it's not overnight, but it's totally worth it. It's better than just settling and, and, and just lowering the bar for yourself all in the name of comfort and just survival until you, well, maybe I'll be happier when I get to retirement. No, no. Forget that. Create the person you want to be right now. But yeah, because you're all the time you're wasting for a happier day. I'll be happy when I have more money. I'll be happy when I retire. I'll be happy when I have that car or watch or whatever. You're wasting time now, not living in the now. Yes, exactly. And and I say that because I was that person. At one I was time. too. I, trust me. Yeah, trust me. I, I, I think we all are at some point. <laughs> right. I mean, that's because that's because yeah. I, I think that's we're, how we're conditioned to some degree. Oh, yeah, know, no, hundred percent. Society. Brain, oh shit, you need this, you need that, you need that to be happy. Yeah, no, it's a our, false, our, false yeah, summit, our, whatever you want to call it. Our brain wants to conserve energy. It's always mm-hmm. looking for the easy. It's never looking for you to challenge yourself. It's that's what I've try to tell police officers as well, in particular. Like you, your brain wants to seek energy, your brain seeks the negative, all in an effort to protect you. I mean, you know this, Patrick. It's just the but you can't go again, you can't go with the innate wiring of the brain. You'll just stay in survival mode, and mm-hmm. that's that's not good. You were poor. You were put on this earth to do a lot more than that. Absolutely, and I always tell people or advise people, um, no matter how uh, bleak it looks, because some people out there are in terrible condition. They're dealing with just horrible circumstances. You always have something to be grateful for, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, you always, for one, you're alive. Right. I mean, you're, you, you woke up, uh, you have another day, you know, like a rebirth every day, in my opinion, is like a rebirth. Okay. Now you have another day, another shot at the apple. So I try to start my day every day in gratitude. And again, I'm, I'm not, it might sound, hoity, you know, whatever flowers, but that works for me. You know, I'm grateful for, the people in my life. And I emphasize people because things are great, but relationships are better. So I am grateful that I'm alive. I'm grateful that I get to talk to amazing people like you. I mean, I'm grateful when I start out the morning. So I think that's very important for for people to understand that gratitude, living in a state of gratitude, no matter how bad it looks, uh, you, you still have a lot to be grateful for. Absolutely. And gratitude actually helps to release, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, gratitude helps to release serotonin in our bodies, which helps to level out our mood. And as uh, first responders, there's a lot of cortisol being released oh, yeah. <laughs> and adrenaline being released. You need some serotonin to help balance everything out. So some gratitude will help relieve that, not negativity. Um, when I went through treatment for depression, the psychologist told me, Scott, you've been coming here for nine months. I can only do so much for you. You're the one that's going to have to change and and it's time to change. I was like, Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, that, that hit me. It hit me like a ton of bricks. And then he gave me the exercise of writing down three things I was grateful for in the morning and in the evening. And what do you know, within 30 days, I started to feel a lot better. And my mind started to actually focus on some positive and not all the negative. Can't, can't underestimate enough the power of 
of gratitude. You, you listen to all these people that specialize in self-help or whatever, the Tony Robbins and Mel Robbins, I, I, they're not related, but, um, and, uh, uh, who else? Les Brown. Who, oh who yeah. Else? It was the Zig legends. Ziglar, all these people that, you yeah, know, the I legends mean, they... out there, they will all talk about gratitude. And the thing is, I think certain things like gratitude, they have to be instilled in first responders early on. Like mm-hmm. there, there has to be training on this kind of stuff because I really do believe it'll shape the, the perspective in a better way to set them up for more success in the long run in the career, however long they decide to stay in it. Absolutely, man. And this is the stuff that I wish, again, some of the listeners out there will be like, oh, what? What are you talking about gratitude in the academy? Look, if you're not learning the basics and the, the basics and the foundation of self-care, because it really is self-care. Yep. Mental health and wellness. Uh, we need to be doing more for officers as they enter, you know, yeah. uh, the service or enter service as well as people on the job. But yes, I agree with you, man. I mean, w- this is, this is a big chunk of it, you know, mm-hmm. it is, you know, and the reality, Scott, you know, this, we're not here very long in the big scheme of things. Yeah. We, we, we only have so many years, you know, we, life is finite. We're not going to live forever. So, you know, the only thing we have is time and very little time at that. So back to what you do, brother, and, and you teach uh, first responders everywhere. Do, do you want to just stay in survival mode or do you want to thrive? But here's the catch. Thrive is, thriving is going to take work on your part. Yeah. On your part. I look at treatment. Uh, treatment is wonderful. Treatment is wonderful. But in a way, I look at Treatment is like a triage. You know what I mean? It's it's okay. We're going to help you in the moment. We're going to give you some. We're going to give you some tools. We're going to give you some foundations. It still comes back to who you and me. Numero uno. You got to do the work. Exactly. <laughs> and, and and one of the one of the keys to happiness and one of the keys to that thriving is making progress, growing yeah. as a person. Because the more you grow, the more you have to offer to people. I didn't know that. Yeah. And, and and the more I decided to grow when I hit my rut after I had to resign from canine to save my marriage, I sank because yeah. I let that role become my identity. But when I finally was like, I, I got treatment for it. And I, I started reading these books by these self-help gurus. I said, wow, yeah. growing as a person each and every day to be a better version of yourself really can help you to be more valuable to others. And what police officer out there doing the right thing doesn't want to be of more value to the citizens they swore Absolutely. to protect and serve. Absolutely. It, it can come around for you. It can come around for the people out there as well. This is all, all encompassing. Yeah. But absolutely. It, it can only help you. So why not start? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a, one of the best pieces of advice I ever received, albeit later in life, was life is an internal game. Uh, yeah, you have the external, but it all starts internally. It starts with the right. individual. That's, you know, it's all internal. If you're good internally, mentally, physically, we have to keep triaging and and doing what we have as we go along. And life is going to be much easier for you as long as you take care of yourself physically and emotionally. Yeah. So, so tell us, Patrick, go ahead, brother. This is a, Hang on. I'm going to have to shut the door. They came back in. (laughs) It's okay. We're taking a break here really quick. Scott Medlin is uh, attending to his kiddos. I know the feeling. I've been there. 
I have been there. They come in. Hey, dad, we're hungry. <laughs> dad, can we do this? No. So he's going to be right back. So excited to be talking with Scott. Such a wealth of information. I was just informing uh, the guests that you, you were off talking to the kids. Hey, <laughs> knock, your, knock your shit off. All right. I'm talking. No, I'm just I kidding. Put the door, I put the door stop in, in the door. <laughs> they, they figured out how to unlock the door. So anyway. We, so we, tell us what you got. You're an author. Tell us about that. Um, again, tell us, tell us what you're doing right now. I, we know you're working with first responders, but specifically what, what are you out there telling first responders uh, what we talked about or what, it, it, what we talked about, but also just to be, be just as aware of internal risks, internal threats going on in your mind and body and be willing to admit when things, you know, I, uh, I feel upset about this. I'm, I, I feel disappointed. I feel sad. Not to say I am, because I am is a very powerful phrase. I am. So yeah, exactly. you don't want to identify as being sad all the time, because then you're going to believe it and you might not be in the state to come out of it. So acknowledge how you're doing, just like you would recognize external risks and external threats on the job. But what I've uh, what I've done within the last year has really been talking to the newer officers. And I wrote my book, 101 Useful Tips for Rookie Police, because I, I do believe that, and, and this is goes without saying, I, everyone knows it, that those entering the profession now are entering in a very challenging time. And my hat's off to them for entering it. Absolutely. And I do hope you find yourself in a good, a good department. But at least when I left active law enforcement before I went part-time in it, there were newer officers training brand new officers because the staffing shortage was so bad. So I said, you know what? I've got the 10 plus year perspective. Let me put it on paper because I used to be a training officer. And then I, I I got some other people that are experts in the profession to to chime in with the book and give their input as well. And it's, uh, I mean, heck, a, a PD the other day did a bulk order for all their rookies that are going through the academy. So stuff like that. I've, I've really been trying to speak to the newer officers a lot because I think that's where we can really help them out and uh, make make the biggest impression. But do you think, Scott, uh, and thank you for doing that work, especially with newer officers coming in. Do you think the newer troops or officers coming in the field, do you think that they're more willing to come forward? Because I've heard this before where I, I think the younger generation is um, more will, or I should say willing or, or apt to come forward than like you and I who are a little older. They're just right. you know, growing up in obviously a different environment. Mental health is you know, on the forefront uh, healthcare, all this stuff. So, I mean, what do you, from your perspective, do you think that's true? The the times that I have been very fortunate to be in person, whether it be conferences or at a police department or a police academy class, stuff like that. Uh, well, it goes without saying at the academy, you're typically going to have younger people, but at the conferences, there have been more younger people who are in the audience to come up to me afterwards and say, wow, you, you really hit it home there. And, yeah. and I appreciate that. And and they came forward saying, thank you for what, you know, what you were saying in regards to being honest with yourself and taking action, stuff like that. So yes, uh, long answer to your question. I believe so. Yeah. Because when you're talking mental health and you're talking self-care, I mean, you're going to, you're going to hit some, some, you know, triggers, you're going to hit some, you know, pain points that, but yeah. you, we have to do that. I mean, oh, there, you can't, you can't sugarcoat this stuff. 
No, no, we we have to push past our comfort zone. Like bottom line, the, the the biggest lie we've ever settled for, particularly nowadays, where we can literally go on our phone, order whatever we need, mainly on Amazon, and have it delivered to us in two days. <laughs> you know, have it delivered to us in one or two days. We just get we can if we're not careful, we can get used to comfort and think that that's a good thing. No, no, comfort I, isn't a good I, thing. It's no, uh, everything is discomfort. <laughs> if it feels right. uncomfortable, do it. Well, depending exactly. on what it is. Exactly. Yeah. Don't don't settle for comfort. But yeah, no, I'm I'm very amazed at how much I mean, heck, I was in the airport one time the day after a conference and a younger officer came up to me and said, Scott. And I was like, Well, who's this person? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, Yes. And then I said, I I I was in the audience yesterday at the conference and I you did great. And I really That's appreciate awesome. how you how you hit it home to us. So I, I I'm not saying an older officer wouldn't do that, but it's, I've noticed it more from the younger. No, age. I agree with you. I think, yeah. and again, this isn't an indictment on all, all older people, <laughs> right. officers yeah. out there, but I agree with you. I think, you know, younger officers, you know, younger first responders are more willing to come forward and say, Hey man, I, I saw you up there. You know, I saw, I, you know, I saw you on social and I really admire your work. Again, this isn't uh, uh, you know, an indictment on, older people, but I agree with you. I think right. younger, they're just in a different mindset, I think in a good yeah, way, no. whether yeah, they, they're, they, I, I think that they're, I think younger, younger people, younger first responders, they, they don't live to work. I think they work to live. You're spot on. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're spot on. And I do believe that the whole notion, like when I got in and I mean, now some people laugh at this, but I got in in 2007. Now, some people would be like, oh, my gosh, you're just a baby. <laughs> anyway, But uh, the the mentality then was you get in it, you stay in it. Yeah. And now they're now a lot are getting in. And if they don't like it or if it's if they just feel like they've done their time and they're tired of it, they'll just move on. And you know what? I'm not going to fault that. There, there's if, if you are over it, if you want to go pursue another opportunity rather than just run from a negative emotion or, or do something out of pure panic, I, I can't fault you for that. Uh, yeah, but I do absolutely. notice that. Yeah, I do notice that as of late where the average and I think the average time someone stays with a company or workforce, or whatever, not workforce, but certain areas or whatever, it's like four years. Yeah, I think law enforcement is going to start to see that, which can which can kind of be bad because we don't want like seven year or, you know, five year senior officers or 10 year chiefs. In my opinion, <laughs> you need to have some experience on the job for sure. But uh, but well, yeah. I think that goes back to when you when you get in those situations, again, every department is is different, you know, but when you get in right. those situations, every department has their own culture. Mm -hmm. So if we are fostering an environment in organizations, I think some organizations are really good at fostering an environment where come forward, we're going to take care of you. And then the flip side of that coin is I think some organizations suck for lack of a better word. They're uh, not yeah. very good with that. And so as long as you have that environment of they're not very good, then it's going to kind of, um, it's, it's, it's going to foster the, yes, can be a revolving door. I talked to an agency here in Arizona a couple of weeks ago. You know how much attrition they have besides just regular retirements and stuff? Just people leaving. I don't even want to get. Oh, wow. They, I mean, they have regular retirements, people getting yeah. injured, medically retired, all, all that. But people, it's not a revolving door. And so wow. ask, okay, well, what is that? Okay, what does that mean? I mean, what is that attributed to? Well, culture, command staff, support. Yeah. That's huge. 
Oh, support is absolutely tremendous. Yeah. I'm not talking about disciplinary stuff. I'm talking about officers who are struggling out there mentally, whatever that is, with substance in the department saying, you know, we're going to help you. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. leadership is leadership is key because it helps to grow people, develop people. And uh, and I always love the quote about leadership where you, you'll follow someone if they're a leader. You, you'll know someone's a leader because people follow them out of curiosity. Yeah. And, and therefore, they feel supported by that person as well. But I've had yeah. to unfortunately talk to police officers and say, look, I get it. You don't feel supported. And unfortunately, the leadership's not there. You're going to have to take charge of your own head. Absolutely. Stop relying on these people. Just stop. Like you don't put these expectations on these no. people that they're going to be there for you when they haven't been. And if, and, and if, and if, and if you've done everything you can and you've worked on you as much you, and you still are pretty much dying inside because you don't feel support, then the department will go on without you just fine. You can leave. Absolutely. I would rather you pursue another opportunity in law enforcement somewhere else. Cause we need cops. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, take charge of yourself and lead yourself as much as you can. Yeah. It goes back to what we were saying. I mean, nobody's going to come in and save you. You got to save yourself. Absolutely. What did, what advice would you give your younger self at this point in your life, Scott? I mean, being biggest, going through all, all that you've gone through a career in law enforcement, what you're doing now, what advice would you give to your younger self? Well, the first one is, and I know so many people have said this as of late, but it, it can't be said enough because I, I believe it's still true for so many. You just can't let it become your identity. Yeah. I, and I know you've, I know that's kind of like beating a dead horse at this point. I've heard you say it numerous times on the show, on your show, Patrick, but yeah. uh, I, I let it become my, my identity. I, I was a canine officer. I, people would say when they meet me, Hey, what do you do? I say, Oh, I am a canine officer. I didn't say I work at such and such place and I'm assigned this job. <laughs> Heck no, I, I am. am. It's the power of I am, like you said yeah, before, absolutely. I am. Yep, absolutely. But also, um, we, we do need to stay up to date on uh, case law. <laughs> and because uh, if because what I what I didn't Ever realize, now, I was very fortunate to work in a busy area where we had to remember case law. And we had to remember the, what we could and could not do. And we got frequent practice at it. Yeah. And, uh, but it is a perishable skill, just like any anything other, else shooting, anything else in the ET, profession, whatever. It, it, exactly. It is perishable. So if you, if you find yourself getting rusty, start studying yeah. because the more, you know, case law, the more, you know, your po department policy as well. Oh, that's a lot less stress on you. Um, and then the other thing is just to, to keep growing as a person and not settle, seek to grow in, in ways personally and professionally. And like I said, the more you grow, the more you have to give to others. And, and that's the name of the game, right? You want to be as good of a cop as you can, I would assume. Uh, so that, that's what I would, that's what I would say. Amazing. What advice would you give really quick? What advice would you give new officers? I'm sure you've got this question before or people wanting to come in to the first responder field, brother? Oh, just uh, be, be ready for the challenges. But as long as you know who you are, why you want to do it, and and you look for the, for the good and why you're doing what you're doing, don't settle for the external noise. Someone's, as Les Brown says, that he was told by one of his teachers, someone's opinion of you does not have to become your reality. So yeah. I know the media is coming down on us. I know there's a lot of anti-police sediment to which look if they're upset about certain cases when police act wrong I, i'm on their side I, I i get that i'm not supporting bad conduct 
but don't settle for the external noise and noise. And, and it, I, I actually brought that up in 101 useful tips for rookie police officers back in 2014. I was uh, still on the job and uh, that's back when the hands up, don't shoot lie just went viral. Like yeah, that yeah. never happened. But I remember one time we surrounded a house cause we were trying to arrest a guy and he ran inside and there were people driving by yelling, hands up, don't shoot, hands up, don't shoot. And you could see some of the cops were letting this stuff get to them. I'm like, yeah. don't let that guy. I know just... it's annoying, but it shouldn't be demoralizing to you. Yeah. You know who you are. Stay true to who you are. And that's Absolutely. what I would tell people interested in getting in the profession. Like, you're going to be rocked by a lot. Stay true. Stay stay, stay strong because it's going to be – it can be a challenging ride. But, Absolutely. but hey, challenge can help us grow. And that's what I would tell them. Absolutely. Scott Medlin. Brother, if people want to reach out to you, get your books, where can they find you? Well, vscottmedlin.com is my website, but if there's any newer officers or, or supervisors wanting to point their newer officers in my direction at rookietips.com is where they can go to get a free mental survival guide, as well as a, a, a direct link to my book, 101 useful tips for rookie police officers. And uh, that's, that's how to get in touch with me. Scott Metal, and you're amazing, my friend. Thank you for your you. dedicated service, brother. You're always welcome back. Any way we can support you, you know how to get in touch with me, brother. God bless. Take care. Thank you, Patrick. Such a great show with a great individual doing so much for our brave men and women who serve. If you love this audio of the CJ Evolution podcast, head over to our YouTube channel, YouTube CJ Evolution podcast channel. Thank you. Please be safe. Until next time.